Ladies and gentlemen, it is Tuesday, February 19th. You are listening to The Cheats Movement on WRIR. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, the wonderful, amazing, underground hip-hop artist, Gigi Broadway. Chill. Gigi, how you feeling? I'm feeling great, man. It is Black History Month. It is. Gigi, we've been off to a rocky start. I feel like we've been doing good. You feel like this has been a, a, a memorable Black History Month in celebration of the I mean, culture? you know, you never know what you're going to get. I take what I can get right now. A celebration of black magic, black joy. Black joy magic. Uh, yeah, I'm here. I, I don't know. I feel like it's been rough. I feel like we've been under assault for Black History Month since, well, the, since the month started. I mean, it could be worse, you know? It could be worse. <laughs> <laughs> could it? <laughs> Could it? Unfortunately. Well, because it is Black History Month, we are going to start the show off. As we started the show off last episode of Black History Month, giving a nod to one of the most powerful, influential hip-hop artists, groups, activists of all time, none other than Chuck D and Public Enemy. Let's give the people what they want. Fight the power. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the Cheats Movement on WRIR. We are back. We have not been canceled yet. I am joined with Gigi Broadway. Gigi, how's it going today? It's going good. I'm ready for all the tomfoolery, the shenanigans. I'm ready for it all. Well, we've got a lot to get to in this episode. Just so much going on in the culture that we want to talk about. But first, we want to give a nod to our listeners, our amazing, amazing listeners to the Cheats Movement on WRIR and those that follow on the Cheats Movement podcast available on SoundCloud and Apple. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you leave us a ranking like we like that five star. How many stars do we like, Gigi? Five. We would like five stars. In the words of Bamani Jones, if you give us four stars, we're going to think you are a hater. <laughs> and it's Black History Month. So... Gotta, gotta help us out. I would say... If you can go to uh, iTunes, rate the Cheats Movement podcast, make sure you give us five stars. We would really appreciate it. But last episode, we were trying to figure out why Black History Month was the shortest month of the year. And we called upon our wonderful listeners to send us what you could find historically about Black History Month and why it is the way it is. And our listeners responded. One of my one of my friends that I used to work with, an amazing fellow by the name of Brian Chaglinski, B Chig, what up? Sent me this in an email after he was listening to the show last last week. February <clears throat> marked Black History Month, a time to reflect and celebrate the history, culture, and accomplishments of African Americans in the U.S. and the African dis- uh, diaspora. Black History Month began as Negro History Week in 1926 after historian Dr. Carter G. Woodson created the Association for the Study of Negro Life and History. Woodson chose the second week of February for the commemoration to coincide with the birthdays of Frederick Douglass and Abraham Lincoln. The week was expanded to a full month of February in 1970 and was formally recognized by President Gerald Ford in 1976. So, that is why 
Black History Month, which started as Negro History Week, was in February, and then it was expanded to a full month. So, as we as we alluded to last week, we were inaccurate to think that America was giving us a shaft. <laughs> yeah. We were inaccurate to think that it was some type of play on us that the shortest month of the year was also Black History Month. Gigi, what do you think about that? Well, I still think we got the shaft. <laughs> but it's even more disrespectful to know that it was started as a week. Like, it started as a week. So not only do we have the f- shortest month of the year, we had one week from the shortest month of the year. Hey, given the, given the way that this month is going so far, <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you, we don't know if we could take 31 days for this. I don't know, man. I'm feeling away. One of the things that we did talk about last week was black history heroes, those that may be not traditionally talked about in you know, your grade school or your formal education that we wanted to highlight. Last week we had, uh, last episode, we highlighted some amazing black history heroes. I know that this history lesson is actually formidable to who you want to highlight this week, Gigi. Who do you want to highlight in regards to black history heroes? Yeah, I definitely wanted to highlight the pioneer, Carter Woodson, for even sparking it, you know, with the Association for the Study of Negro Life and History. I, I think he, you know, got the ball rolling on what was definitely needed, still needed, and will continue to be needed for ever, basically. So I definitely want to, you know, give him his his flowers. What, where can we learn a little bit more about uh, Dr. Carter Woodson? Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> do your Googles. Make sure you do your research. Well deserved. I mean, you really think about in 1926. Think about where the country was in 1926. Right. In order to uh, to be able to to get approval for this recognition, and then obviously to have it expanded in the 70s, uh, which again, as we know, was not an easy time for American society uh, to to have something expanded from a week to a month. Even in the mid 70s, was, was a really difficult time where we kind of just coming out of what I mean some people say we may not still be out of it <laughs> and we're not but Jim Crow was uh, alive and well obviously in the in the late mid to late 60s so to come out of it <clears throat> and have a you know that week recognizes a month in the in the 70s by President Ford is, is crazy to think about. right couple of black history heroes that I want to highlight and I and I won't be long on this uh, but I do think that these particular individuals um, really resonated with me over the last uh, couple of weeks since the last episode, and I went back. <clears throat> obviously, there's no uh, no shortage of news coverage in regard to what's going on in Virginia, obviously, um, in our political landscape. And so we've been hearing a lot of calls in Virginia that a woman should be in a position of leadership, a black woman should be in position of leadership. And it got me thinking about a documentary I saw years ago that really had a profound role on my life. And that documentary was Unbought and Unbothered. It's a documentary of Shirley Chisholm. Nice. For those that don't know, Shirley Chisholm ran for president in 1972. She was the first African-American woman to be seated in Congress. She out of New York. And this documentary of her in the 1972 run is just phenomenal and it really does go to the core of everything we're talking about in regards to 
how women are viewed in politics and leadership, how black women have been viewed in leadership and politics. And this woman was in 1972 fearless, fearless. And it was interesting to see in the documentary who supported her, who didn't support her. You know, you would think by default that a lot of African Americans did support her, which was not the case. Um, and so, and, it, and, and a lot of that she said was because she was a woman. So her role in the feminist movement, her role in obviously civil rights, Shirley Chisholm is just a like a, a, a legacy and a legend that people should be aware of. Please go out, rent, borrow, Redbox. I don't think you can Redbox it. Maybe YouTube, <laughs> unbought and unbothered. Definitely buy it off Amazon. It is so worth it. Uh, the other thing that I saw this week was a documentary that just got released on Netflix about uh, the legendary soul singer Sam Cooke. Mm. So it was the uh, it, it it is flat out amazing. So if you get a chance to go, if you have Netflix, if you're able to see it, Sam Cooke was one of the greatest singers of all time. But more importantly, which I didn't know that the documentary really ex- exposed was. He was one of the first African Americans ever to really coalesce power, like own his own publishing, mm. own his own record label, and that actually made him such a threat to the industry that most people think that that is indeed what led to his uh, his murder. It was so uh, Sam Cooke on Netflix, just an amazing documentary. Shirley Chisholm, those are our Black History heroes, along with Dr. Carter Woodson. Make sure you check all of those out. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the Cheats Movement on WRIR. This episode, like all of our previous episodes, is brought to you by Work and Friends, our good friends over there at Work and Friends on Broad Street. They have a new location. Shout out to Larkin. Shout out to everybody that works out at Work and Friends. We really appreciate the support. Yes. Make sure you check it, check them out. They're one of the best co-working spaces and all of Richmond, Virginia. Facts. And they do some really, really cool stuff there. So working friends, as always, thank you for the support. Now, Gigi Broadway, <clears throat> we are back. First of all, let's use we we got to do our regular check in. Okay. How's it going? We just had a Valentine's Day. We did last week. Mm-hmm. On a scale of one to ten, how was your Valentine's Day? I don't really celebrate Valentine's. <laughs> And the commercial foolishness. I don't, you know. I love all the time when I do. And when I don't, I don't. And I'm not going to force it on that day. But, you know, it was pretty calm. I got some nice bath and body work candles and some smell good scents. Would this year, would 2019 be considered a good Valentine's Day or you've had worse Valentine's Days? Oh, my Valentine's Days have been the worst. So I would say this one is pretty cool, you know. Oh, I got a new goose down comforter, so I'm 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 riding high right now. Okay, so that's good. Is it a good Valentine? Did you did you go out anywhere? Anything? No, 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 no. I refuse to do too much. Okay, how is how is yours? I know you guys like we we do we so we we had a date night and uh, we did we went to Perch, um, in Scott's Edition. So shout out the my homie Christelle Pool, who's the general manager over there. How is um, that? It was really good. It's phenomenal. It's uh, just a beautiful restaurant. Just uh, aesthetically wonderful. Right. The food's great. The chef was really, really, you know, nice guy, fun guy. And so we did that. We did uh, Perch. I had a great time. Walked across the street and visited some friends at that bingo place, which is the arcade bar oh, right cool. across the street. 
Um, so we saw saw some friends over there for a second. We didn't stay at the, cause like they were on their date night, and we just knew they were across the street, so we didn't want to like, kind of interfere with that. But um, yeah, but well, yeah, we had some friends come in town, um, and so another couple of ours were friends that came in town, and we did brunch at Spoon Bread. So we we were out, man. Okay. We were out. One and, and we had we had a wonderful uh, Valentine's Day, and you know Cam was able to come to brunch. He didn't get to go to date night, so he didn't get to go to perch, but. <laughs> But no, nah, man, I mean, d- different people have different, you know, kind of vibes when it comes to Valentine's Day and whether they sure. celebrate it, how they feel feel about it. I find it easier because I'm married. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, like, I don't have to work. <laughs> There's, oh, my God. It was never, no, so I'm never the type of guy that was going to be, like, juggling a whole bunch of situations. Right. But now that you're like, okay, you're married, you really know that you just got to handle your business, you know, this particular aspect of the situation and then you know like you, you and i feel like now that you're married like you can't you don't have to od right you that don't have true. to like go over the top you know like baby will go to a nice dinner get you you know get you get you get you what you need you know whatever you use a good, good appropriate gift right and then that's it like hey another day another dollar <laughs> <laughs> that's how i look at so let's get into our favorite part of the show. We see it or we don't see it. There's a lot going on to talk about. I just had a conversation with our good homie Source over the Sports Bar podcast about the Colin Kaepernick NFL settlement. Question for you in regards to this whole situation. Kaepernick obviously taking a knee, getting blackballed out of the NFL two years. Kaepernick in many ways becomes a larger figure than he ever has been playing sports we talked a little bit about this when we talked about the nike ad but now he has settled with the league nobody knows the terms but that part of it is over what do you do you see kaepernick settling with the league do you think that that's a good thing do you think this allows us to move forward or should people still be kind of trying to figure this whole thing out i mean i have mixed feelings because i i feel like people didn't do enough you know to get behind him in the first place so i don't think that it can be too many gripes or grumbles about him settling in my opinion i think it's i think it's something you know what i mean it's something is better than nothing is it the outcome that you know i was hoping for possibly not but what were you hoping for like well that's a good question what what would people that were upset with the way the league handled this uh and i and i'm one of them i never boycotted the league but obviously it was very clear that Kaepernick was treated unfairly right what what would be the ideal outcome that's a good question I mean I just wanted to feel because I did boycott but I I will admit you know <laughs> the boycott, boycott with with conditions <laughs> well you know I mean my eagles were doing that's really right good oh that year. was tough that was tough. that was so that was extra tough but you know I just wanted to to feel justified just feeling that some type of change or that they had a different light going into it or with the whole thing being finalized but i don't i feel like really nothing was accomplished so nothing changes now obviously it changes for kaepernick in regards to it's been proven i think the settlement proves alone that there was some entity of the league that was trying to keep him out right so he i think he gets vindicated and justified just by the league settling right which i love I think the challenge that I think that you were getting, and I tried to get with this, I tried to get to this a little bit in our previous conversation, was I don't think the structure changed. 
Exactly. Right? Like, so the power structure is still the same. Technically, they could still do this again. Oh, yeah. And, like, hopefully, but I think the hope is that NFL players will be able to protest the way that they want to protest without being removed from the league. However, I feel like if there's even a even think about it, another high profile player like Odell Beckham or someone, mm-hmm. if they decided to take the same position that Kaepernick took, take, took, they take it this year, this coming up year. I think you're going to see the whole thing all over again. I think you're going to see, you know, President Donald Trump saying crazy things. I think you're going to see people burning jerseys. I think you're going to yep. see people trying to. So that's a part of me where I feel like in a lot of legacy situations, like when we were talking legacy, mm-hmm. we were talking like, okay, they changed the league forever. Kurt Flood and Major League Baseball changed the league forever with free agency. Right. I'm not 100% sure that what we've seen right now changes the attitude of the league forever because we still have 32 owners that are wealthy white men of privilege. Right. That probably could do this again. And that's so I feel good for Cap that he I do feel good for Cap that he took on the league and his kind of in his stance of what they did to him. Mm-hmm. And I think by the league settling, they in turn caved. So I do feel like they, you know, it for him to get whatever he got, whether it's back pay or whatever, yeah. I think proves that the league caved. Like they knew they had a bigger problem. Right. But I don't know if what he said in motion has the legacy effect. Exactly. Of and and I I just don't know. We'll see. Now I asked Source this, and I'll ask you: If you're Colin Kaepernick, do you sign a deal? Do you go back on the field? Do you ever play again? Ooh, that's a good question. It it depends on the deal. Honestly, it it'll have to be one heck of a deal. But I I would have some reservations, for sure. Strong reservations. So yeah, that's the thing is if he. Obviously, if he comes back on the field and he succeeds, like he takes his team to the playoffs, takes his team to the Super Bowl or any of that nature, mm-hmm. triumph of hero. Like, wronged, fought the league, won, huge hero, right? right? However, if it's a bad situation, he gets to a team that's not very good and they don't do very good, then does that justify all the people like that were like that weren't with him to begin with? Right. That says, oh, he wasn't that good anyway. Yeah, it's a it's a gamble. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the Cheats Movement on WRIR. I am your host, Cheats, and joining me on the line right now is a good friend of mine, a very good brother. He is the co-founder of the Sports Bar Podcast. He also has his own podcast. He also has his own blog. He has his own blog going on that we'll talk about in a little bit. But my good friend, Source, what's going on, Source? How you feeling? What up, Chief? I'm good, bro. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. And one of the reasons why I wanted to, I wanted you have I wanted to have you on the show for a while, but one of the main reasons I want to have you on the show, and I think it's particular this week, is that you have covered, talked about, written about the whole Colin Kaepernick situation in a way that has helped me understand kind of your read on the situation, kind of helped me understand some of the process. Obviously, the big news over the weekend, NBA All-Star weekend, but the big news from the NFL was that Colin Kaepernick and the league officials, that means the the league, the commissioner, and the owners themselves, have settled on his collusion suit. And so, legally, the Colin Kaepernick versus the NFL situation seems to be coming to an end. 
I wanted to ask you first and foremost, what should we make of all of this? The people that are pro-Kaepernick, the people that are anti-Kaepernick, the people that are boycotting the NFL, the people that aren't boycotting the NFL. Now that this part of it is over, what does that mean for a kind of culture and society? Well, let me tell you. That, well, first of all, thanks for having me. Oh, anytime, uh, brother, anytime. The thing that threw me as soon as I saw this deal, well, my first thought was, dang, <laughs> this is not how I expected it to end. I didn't know how I, I don't, I don't even know if I really thought about how it would end, but this caught me off guard, especially this weekend. But as I read a little bit, you know, social media and whatnot, the thing that threw me was how many people were like hurt. I, I'm not exactly sure why. I don't know if they thought Kaepernick was supposed to never do anything and just ride this out until however long the NFL dragged out this settlement case, whatever you want to call it. Or if he was supposed to come to some sort of, you know, mutual understanding. And in this case, the mutual understanding just happened to include what has been reported as or what is believed to be 60 to 80 million dollars. I don't know. I think people are, I think people are confused on what, whatever they were expecting to happen and what actually is this. Like, I'm, I'm right along with them because this is, uh, this is new territory for us. Absolutely. I think one of the things that is, if I'm picking up on kind of the way, the, the shock and kind of, you know, the surprise that you you said you've been seeing on social media. One of the things that's interesting about the whole kind of phenomenon is that it it started as obviously Colin making a statement the way that he wanted to make a statement about uh, police brutality and injustices in American society. But it quickly became a larger cause than himself. Right. Um, even when you talk about you know the discussions and the dialogue that he started uh he may have started him with his with his protest however it seems as if it became such a larger thing that i feel like what i've also seen on social media is that people feel as now that the cause is i mean in in many ways bigger than colin it's a bigger cause but he was the you know he was the face and the igniter of that cause so by him kind of settling or making an end to this part of the process I think people don't know does it make sense that people don't know what to do I'll say yes and no right if you don't if you don't know what to expect of course whatever happens you're going to be <laughs> confused the part that kind of bothers me is that people have flipped and said uh, see it's all about the money when in no way, shape, or form has this, to me, has this looked like it was about the money. At no point does this look like Colin Kaepernick was, had an idea. You know what? I'm going to kneel. And then I'm going to get kicked out of the league, basically blackballed. And eventually I'm going to get paid. That, that doesn't sound like a plan. Like, that Not sounds at all. crazy. One, it, it so, doesn't seem, I agree with you 100% for a number of reasons. One, there was no guarantee that one that the league with his infamous wallets right was ever going to back mm-hmm. down right like the fact that they've settled alone in my mind admits that they know they've screwed up 
right? Absolutely. So, so in 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 that part of the, if you're looking at the legal part of the Kaepernick deal from just a strictly legal standpoint, the the grievance was filed by him and uh, by Kaepernick and Eric Reed that basically Correct. said that the league owners have colluded to keep them out of the league. It had nothing else to do with anything else. You know what I mean? It was you are keeping me from making a livelihood through you guys getting together and actively keeping me out of the league. The, Absolutely. The last, you know, since he took his last staff in 2016, and especially this last year when certain teams like the team, you know, what, 90-some miles north of us here in Richmond decided to pull a quarterback that hadn't thrown a pass in several years, right, to be their starting quarterback at the end of the season, um, proves that I think part of that, the people that they were just kind of, yeah, I hate to say it this way, but kind of pulling off the Brett truck at the end of the year to play quarterback in the NFL really proved that, you know, they were actively, I think they were actively keeping uh, Colin Kaepernick out of the league. And so I think that yeah. what this settlement proves, whether it's a bigger win, and I think that's where people feel conflicted. Like, is this a bigger win? Did anything change with police brutality and all that? And here's the, the, the interesting part about that for me is this particular lawsuit wasn't about the bigger issues. It was about keeping Colin from making a livelihood that he would have probably made since 2016. And that's where it is right there. People have uh, confused or tried to put the collusion case and his activism together as if it's one thing and it's not one thing it's two totally separate things unfortunately they, i mean it, it stems from the activism as, as we see it it stems from the being black ball stems from the activism and what has occurred since then but his ability to play quarterback is what was in question in the public eye forget the forget everything else other than he did something to get uh to, to put a black eye, as they'll say, on the league. The voice you are listening. Uh, go ahead, Source. Oh, I was just going to say, as we look at the league itself, there are numbers of players we've seen. And uh, with Kareem Hunt just recently get signed by the Cleveland Browns. Talent level is obviously there, but a black eye on the league. So if you look at it from that point, it's clearly not what he did. I think it's the whole the whole effect of what was to come. Because I don't, and Steve, even at this point, it's not over. I, I don't think it's over. I, I think the settlement is what it is, and I think uh, I, I still don't know if he's going to get scooped up by a team. Though I don't know if that's going to be a real thing. The voice you're hearing is my man Source. He is one half and a co-founder of the Sports Bar, Sports Bar Podcast. This is the Cheats Movement on WRIR, and that is a great question that I want to get into because I've heard in the you know, 24, 48 hours since the settlement has really been released, and we, we both need to be clear that this is a very, very sealed settlement. No one, there's non-disclosures. There will be no one that will probably, outside of the league and Kaepernick, know exactly what's in the settlement. So all the numbers that are thrown around, like all of that, just pure speculation, and it'll probably never come out. But here's something that I would want to ask you moving forward. I have heard mixed uh, responses to if people think Colin should play again. 
So he's 31 years old. He hasn't played in the league since 2016. Should he play again in the league? And if he, because it's sources, his lawyer says he wants to play again. But if he does play again, taking the settlement, and, and now we're looking big picture. We're not just looking at the, the two years he's out of the league. Does him playing again hurt anything that he was trying to do big picture wise in regards to draw attention to uh, you know the, the the causes he wanted to draw, uh, draw attention to which is police brutality and the treatment of black people in America I would say no but will will he actually play again I'm not sure about that because and it's not based on his age I mean he's 31 like he's, he's not 37 not 35 he's 31 we've got 40 <laughs> uh, drew Brees and tom brady alone now they're exceptions to the rule but they're what 39 and 40 going on 41 yeah those two philip rivers i mean we can go down sure. a list of so, older absolutely. quarterbacks absolutely so age i don't but think age would be a factor age won't be a factor but i still like if somebody scoops up colin kaepernick in march what does what does that say other than it's another see I told you so like if he gets scooped up quickly that just adds to the fact that he got this settlement because if the people that don't buy into the settlement I don't know how you could not buy into the settlement is actual proof of the league knowing they were wrong but if that wasn't enough this man getting signed immediately like there's, there's no arguing that at that point the people who have decided to not watch the NFL I don't know if they do they come back or not. I don't know if they come back or not. Cause that's just doubling down on the fact that he was right. So two things that do, and we'll wrap it up with this, uh, two things that really do I think I struggle with personally, right? One of those things is the relationship that Kaepernick and Reed had with the Players Coalition. So the Players Coalition, Malcolm Jenkins, Anquan Bolden basically we're trying to I think the initial riff was justified because I do think Jenkins and Bolden in that Players Coalition group were trying to basically take Kaepernick's stance and the popularity that he was re- receiving from the stance and make it about something that they wanted to do in regards to getting money from the league to quote unquote in protest to get money dedicated to the issues that they care about I understand the conflict there, especially with them kind of using Kaepernick and Reed's uh, popularity and stance to make it something that necessarily wasn't in the belief of Kaepernick and Reed. However, the legacy of these two kind of, you know, divisions or coalitions, if you will, the Players Coalition seems to be making, I would say, progress from the league financial progress on the things that they care about I struggle with what is the legacy of what Kaepernick and Reed's stance is going to be as we move forward does that make sense yeah but I don't think I don't think there's much uh, other than people who just are strictly looking at he shouldn't have kneeled I don't like the way he did it there's a better way to do it unless you're that crowd I don't know how Colin Kaepernick could look bad as we as we you know go forward in history. I don't think uh, looking back at Ka- at Kaepernick, we're going to say he was wrong at any point, unless you are just not with that at all. 
sure. even if you even if you want to split it and say that the players like Malcolm Jenkins and Quan Bolden on one side and Kaepernick and Eric Reed on another side, even with that, it's it's just like us as black people. We might not necessarily see eye to eye on everything but we're trying to get to the same place generally speaking sure absolutely. but of course just like just like just like black people just like the democratic republican party whatever you want to say just because you are you are of the same mindset overall you might not have the same method to get there you're like you might not think that way is right and that's going to happen but as long as you're on the, the right side of the equation I feel like history will look positively back, you know, on you. And I agree with that 100%. Source, we're going to have to leave it there. First time on the show, it's a pleasure, man. We really, really appreciate you coming on talking about this. Let everybody know where they can follow you at the Sports Bar Podcast and Escola.com. Once again, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, My name is Source. You can catch me at Source on Twitter at Smitty Source uh, is the site E-S-H-K-O-S-H-K-A dot com talk a little sports a little politics a little hip hop whatever the case may be excellent excellent thank you brother for doing this and we will be following the legacy of this story because now it's in legacy territory uh, we'll be following oh. the legacy of this story as we move forward man really appreciate you You are listening to The Cheats Movement on WRIR. We will be back right after this. So we've got another big story that we have to talk about. It's probably not something that is my favorite thing to talk about but we do have to talk about it the ongoing saga that is how do you say it jesse smollett jesse smollett now jesse smollett as of today which is tuesday february 19th <laughs> it seems as if jesse smollett is in some trouble mm-hmm. it seems as if what's what's coming out now is that he may have had a hand and, and let's back up for those of you who don't know who Jesse Smollett is Gigi Broadway tell the people who Jesse Smollett is so he's an actor and an artist uh, best known for his role on Empire um, and he's a advocate for the LGBT community black man openly gay right and uh, I noticed he's been having a little bit of a democratic ties lately to a few people, but I'm not going to go down my know. conspiracy. I don't know about all that. Hey, I don't know about all that. I have this conspiracy that I'm willing to bet on. Let's stick to the facts. I'm. T- <laughs> Do we know the facts? That's the that's the question. So, Jesse Smollett, uh, I guess, as at the end of January, so a couple weeks back now, mm-hmm. claimed that he was a victim of physical abuse, and it was a hate crime. It was. He was physically attacked in Chicago by people that uh, made homophobic and racial slurs to him. Put a noose around his neck, I think threw bleach on him. Right? I mean, it was bad. Right. 
And immediately after all of this comes out, the report comes out, the police report and his statements and so forth. Hey, and rightfully so. I was actually very impressed with the response of people that were saying, hey, look, you know, this is wrong. We stand with Jesse, you know, hate crimes. You know, these signals of hate are completely inappropriate in our society. And so he got a very overwhelmingly a lot of support, right? Yeah, sure. From the early on, I will tell you, from early on, and it wasn't from me, other people were pointing out kind of holes in the story, right? Like, yeah, there were some weird things in regards to the timeline, just holes in the story and so forth. And where we are now is that the Chicago Police Department says that they had persons of interest, two Nigerian brothers, that knew, I guess, that, that are... They were, they were on the show. They were actors on Empire. And so now it seems as if Jesse Smollett could have had a hand in orchestrating his own attack. I knew it. I just want to say <laughs> I knew what? it. Hold on. <laughs> I knew it. And I, I'm not glad that this happened. But how, what I would say. First of all, how did you know this? Because the story from the beginning was so fugazi. It was so outlandish. Everything, like, defied the odds of real in that story from the jump. And, you know, you like to tease me about my conspiracy theories. And I'm not glad that this happened. But it goes to show you the extent of the agenda that some people will push. And this is just one example. What was... All right. So, if you said you knew that this was... Fugazi from the beginning. I knew it. What was it about this that threw, like, put your antennas? What, what was the antenna? What was the spidey sense that you were like? I'll tell you what it was for me, but go ahead. You tell me what it was for you. Well, the whole 2 a.m. freezing cold in Chicago to get Subway. Subway's not that good to risk your life. That was my spidey senses right I will there. tell you that. That was the first thing my wife said was like, this is, doesn't make any sense because why would anyone do this? Why would anybody do this? And... <laughs> So I will tell you the first thing that threw me off, and here, and I will say I don't know what happened. We need, we do need to find out what happened, but I don't know what happened. Why target Jesse Smollett? Exactly. That's my thing. Like it just seems odd. Any received a threat uh, a week before, I guess, mm-hmm. like some type of ransom note or some type of threat right. that went to the Empire Studios, and I was just like, of all the stars in the world that mm-hmm. you. And I'm not, it, it sounds bad. I, I mean, I do think that for whatever circle he's in, he's a very popular entertainer, actor, and so forth. But it's like, if you're, and then at the time, all the MAGA stuff leaked as well. Right. And I was just like, you know, MAGA activists are out here. Watching like, Empire? Watching Jesse Smollett. That's one thing that was like, doesn't know if that adds up for me. Okay. I will tell you this. If it turns out if. to be... If he says, <laughs> if it turns out to be bad, like he he did play a part in orchestrating his own attack, it's bad. What does this mean for like all the things that he represents and all the things that, and all the people that supported him? Well, one, he's canceled. He's completely out of here. His acting and music career canceled, and then it just it just sheds like a cloud of doubt over any 
type of instance like this, which is sad because, you know, you you hate to think or say someone's like coming up with falsities when this happens. But I mean, it just makes you double think or think twice with anything in, in the press or anything like this anymore. I, I, I think it's challenging. And obviously we're in Virginia. Uh, I think natural inclination at this point, whether it's right or wrong, is that. I think we want to believe victims in this because victim yeah. because victims have not been believed so long throughout history that we want to kind of believe victims, right? We want to we want to be a part of a movement that's a little more more equal. However, this is this is not good. This is not a good look. Hey, wasn't there a lynching bill that just got passed recently that Kamala Harris and um, Cory Booker was pushing? And wasn't he found or supposedly had a noose around his neck? Do you see the, the ties here? I don't, you know what? It's too much. It's too much. For you. I, know. I know. Well, it's an let's, agenda. Let's see. Let's, let's see how this story plays out. I will tell you this. It is not a good look for Jesse Smollett at all. It is not a good look for the causes that he represents. I don't feel bad for the people that jumped to his support because they were just victims. They just got played. If that is the indeed. And here's the thing. Jesse is still standing by his story right now. And the other thing I will say that will be very offensive to me, because I'm a huge fan of Robin Roberts. <laughs> if that man went on Good Morning America and lied to my girl Robin Roberts, that would be enough for me to be like. Oh, so that's the cancellation point. That for me. I mean the, the whole thing is bad. Yeah. But you won't go you won't go play Robin out like that. You don't play America like that. You don't play Robin out like that. Robin has been through too much. <laughs> She is America's hero. You'd mention this. And so it's a good time to get into our, our, our segment of the day, is what I call it. The segment of the day. Mm-hmm. We have been going through a lot of cancel culture, if you will. You know, certain things have been being canceled <laughs> left and right. You name it. Just a ton of things are being canceled. If this turns bad for Jesse Smollett, he will also be canceled, I'm sure. Absolutely. However, let's talk really quickly about Gucci. Because the fashion brand Gucci had their own sweater. It was a sweater that they considered that a blackface sweater. Like it wasn't they didn't call it that, but it looked crazy. Right. It, it looked like if it was like a turtleneck that folded up and opened your mouth. It looked <laughs> like a blackface sweater. Immediately, uh, T.I. and some others called to cancel Gucci. And so I'm going to ask you, I'm not going to go too far into canceling Gucci, not canceling Gucci. But what I will talk to you about is this this culture that we're in now, canceling things on the spot. Is it a good or bad vibe for our society? It, it really depends. It depends on what and the motive behind the cancellation so, it, you know, it's, I think it's some factors that go into this. Because, especially with the Gucci thing, T.I., is he right? Yeah. Is he kind of a hypocrite? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, what's the motive behind it? Sure. I don't know. No, sure. I mean, here's the one thing about this whole cancel culture is, like, you can't just, like, cancel something that you never rocked with before, right? It's easy for me to cancel Gucci because I don't own any Gucci. <laughs> so, it's like... I used to rock with something, something happened, 
and now we're no longer rocking with that. Like, for better or for worse, black people used to rock with Rosé. The yeah. original Rosé show is is something that black people rocked with all the time. Mm-hmm. Rosé turns crazy, they cancel Rosé. They're not work. They're not rocking with Rosé anymore, right? Like, so if we had to make a list here at the Cheats Movement, Gigi Broadway and the Cheats list of things that we want to cancel. We we don't have a lot of time, so we might go through your top one or two of these. Mm-hmm. What would be on your list right now in 2019 that you would cancel? Let me just start out by saying my list does not include anything that I've ever rocked with. These are things that the majority of the culture seems to rock with, and I just want to get it out of here. Okay. All right? What's the first thing on your list? First thing on my list, I'm not going to make her the first. All right, I'll say clout chasing. I'm tired of clout chasing. Cancel cancel it. it. it give, give a definition of how you view clout chasing and how you can... And and, and and why would it be good for it to be good? I feel like a lot of people are doing things for clout and attention. And it's just sending our culture into a, a, a very disgusting state, I think. I think a lot of people do things for social media. I think a lot of people do things just for some type of clout. And it's like compromising integrity. It's just nasty. It's, it's getting nasty out here. So you like so the first thing I think of is like social media stars, right? Or like right. Instagram stars or like those types of people you would consider people just doing things just to be famous. Not like there's no cause behind it. They just want to be famous. Exactly. Okay. I can see that. I think I think I think that type of celebrity, you know, is, is not the best for our, our young people, right? Like our young people have to figure out what defines them. And if you're just being defined by popularity probably not the best thing right exactly so again uh, i will i will say i will preference this by saying what you've already said this is something that i've never rocked with so i don't know if this fits into canceling really tired of the confederate monuments (laughs) (laughs) i'm there i'm there with you trying to figure a way to get them up out of (laughs) here don't know how we can do it while I'm doing that, shout out to David Harris and Dontrice Brown, who was on the show two episodes back. Go back and listen to that. Author Ash Boulevard did pass in the Richmond City Council. Woo-hoo! I do think that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Amazing. I already saw signs of them really tr- already trying to like change things to make the Boulevard Author Ash Boulevard. So go back and listen to that interview. Shout out to them. But uh, go back to the topic at hand. We got to figure out a way to get these Confederate monuments moved to a place that is more appropriate than city or state funded middle of the street landmarks. <laughs> I agree. I am all for moving them to private museums, private cemeteries, private property where the upkeep is not paid for by the city or the state. However, Confederate monuments cancel. On that note, we're going to have to end this segment <laughs> of things that we will cancel. GG Broadway, we'll be back right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. It is Tuesday, February 19th. You are listening to The Cheats Movement on WRIR. If you haven't noticed, ladies and gentlemen, I'm playing a little hurt today. <laughs> My throat. <laughs> playing a little hurt. 
my throat is is really acting up. My health. I don't know what's going on. Gigi Broadway's here, toughing it out. Gigi, how you feel? If you guys don't hear from me next week, then you know why I blame <laughs> blame Jeez, please. It's not my fault. Oh, jeez. I will take full responsibility for the health of Gigi Broadway this week. Because <laughs> Lord knows I am going through it. But two stories that we want to talk about. We didn't get to talk about one of these stories last episode, even though it was it was it was happening at the time. Uh 21 Savage, hip hop artist. Atlanta, we thought Atlanta Roots. <laughs> Turns out missed the Grammy Awards. Missed his Grammy performance because he was detained by ICE. Because for some reason they picked him up. They realized that he was indeed born in London. He's born in the UK. They detained him, I guess, throughout the Grammys. Ultimately, he got released uh, out on bail. And he is basically 21 Dreamer. Uh, 21 Savage is a dreamer. 21 Savage is a dreamer that is wrapped up into our immigration policy. Isn't that crazy? Thoughts, Gigi Broadway. Thoughts. The deception of it all. Hold on. Wait a second. Of all this that's happening, <laughs> of all this that's happening with 21 Savage, you are concerned that he's indeed not from Atlanta? This is your concern? My concern is he's peddling this image of him being this... You know, this poor from the bottom of the barrel, like, community. he's from rich parents. Like, he's well off. He came from money. So you're not going to put this in. This is not where I thought this was going to go at all. This is not where I thought this was. Ladies and gentlemen, this is going in a complete direction that I did not think. I'm sorry. While I thought we were going to have a real strong discussion about immigration policy, it turns into the fact that Gigi Broadway, you believe 21 Savage is a fraud. I, I, yeah, I'm gonna be. I mean, <laughs> I mean, whoa, he he played a good a good role there. I'm just saying, but I mean, as far as I mean, it is what it is. He didn't extend what he needed to extend. <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> and you know, he has to go through the proper channels in the paperwork. Wow! Love you, Twenty One Savage, though. Very, very, very. I. I understand. You know, I feel as if your approach here <laughs> is very conservative, very conservative Broadway. Well, Conser- conservative, yeah, exactly. <laughs> conservative Broadway laying down the law. I th- I cannot help but to think the strategy would be different if you felt like his his backstory was a little bit more transparent. Yeah, it, it, we might be having a different conversation, but that's just crazy to me. I will be the first to admit that I am not a big like uh, music musically. I'm not into kind of his, his 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 catalog, right? So I mean, I've heard a couple of songs, some of the bigger songs, Bank Account. I think he did a song with Post Malone. Mm-hmm. I heard some of that stuff. I have heard that he was in the middle. Literally, people that do follow him told me that he was kind of in the, right now in the process of a transition. He's like. He was changing his lyrics and changing like his substance, if you will, to be more of a substantive artist. Oh, what is he? what I was told. Oh, okay. Somebody that listens to the Cheats Movement and also listens to Twenty One Savage emailed the show and let me know if that's accurate. But I was told that some of his uh, some of his messaging has changed, and some of the r- things that he talks about and some of the things he raps about was in the process of changing. Um. I don't know if that I have actually heard conspiracy theories. I'm trying to get not trying to be like you, but I'm trying to hear. <laughs> I did hear some conspiracy theories that 
some of his conversations about like he had some lyrics about border families being separated at the border and things right. like that and that's why he got picked up by ice supposedly a lot like the jesse smollett situation i don't know how many people in the trump administration is sitting there checking for 21 savages lyrics like i'm just very good question that i don't know i do know that the hip-hop police are real right yes. like yep. i mean so i do know that but i just don't know if it's like oh 21 savage has family separation border language meanwhile a lot of J. Cole's and Jay-Z's and all that have a lot of anti-President Trump language. And you know what I mean? Right. So I, I don't know how much I buy that 21 Savage is, is, a, real, is a real target. <laughs> However, it happened. He missed the Grammys. I've, I have heard things of that nature. Like, if they're out to get you, they may not necessarily pick you up on a random Tuesday, but they will pick you up if it's like, oh, he's got a big show. Right. I've heard that. Like, oh, you're not going to perform here. Let me pick you up right before you have this big show in your hometown to just embarrass you. Exactly. So him getting picked up and missing the Grammys is something that I think falls into that category. Yeah. The other side of this coin, the other side of this story is Jay-Z. <laughs> One of my favorite human beings of all time. A reformation project, if you will. Um... Was the you know he 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 funded twenty one now you're rolling your eyes but let me tell you this a lot of people talk about it Jay Z very clearly was the one that actually provided the lawyers for not only twenty one savage but didn't he provide legal funds for Meek Mill as well Oh great (laughs) (laughs) great that looks really good on him This is a this is someone that is using their position their money their you know power of influence if you will to i think do some things in a positive outlet right for the culture he he spent some money on some legal fees for two rappers great it looks great great on them yeah we're just gonna move on to takashi six (laughs) way to push the culture forward Hove. I see you, Hove, and I respect what you're doing. Continue on, young man. You're doing a great job. Keep rocking. Uh, last but not least, and again, this is probably not the best story that we have, but it does appear that hip hop artist Takashi Six Nine, who was arrested on a boatload of felonies, just a ton of felony charges associated with his with his gang in New York City. Um, it seems as if he has done his share of co- uh, cooperating. <laughs> I like how you put that. He's done his share of cooperating. And now it is actually being reported that he was at one point could have been facing up to 47 years with all the charges and other people associated with what he was saying. However, um, it has been reported as, as recently as this week that the, I guess the district attorney or whoever is kind of trying the case has recommended no jail time (laughs) for 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 this young hip-hop artist because of the nature that of of because of his cooperation they're also offering him witness protection is what is being reported i don't know if this is true or not but they're saying they're they're suggesting no jail time and witness protection which has a lot of people in hip-hop culture just trying to make sense of all of this i will ask you gg broadway 
How do you make sense of all this? Well, I just want to say, 6 9 is the perfect example of clout chasing gone horribly wrong. That's a good, that's a good leak. That's a good leak. You know what I mean? Um, it's just, it's, it's a nasty situation. And I, I can't even say, I mean, I, I just saw, did we not all see this coming? Is, is my thing. I mean, he portrayed something that he was not, he was not about that life. And it caught up with him. And he had two options to sing like a canary bird or do 47 plus years. So he's going to do what we all know he was going to do. Because, again, he's not from the streets. He's not about this life. So, I mean, I just don't see why this is like getting big. Because I, I saw this a mile he's a, away. He, he's a huge artist right now. He's probably one of the bigger artists Young, young for the young, younger yeah. generation. He's one of the biggest ones out there. He is. He's always got a, got a lot of. Follow. I mean, it's it's. He's got big records. So the the issue that I actually wonder is, will people still support his music? People seem to support music through a lot of things. Like they support music through a lot of really bad things, right? That's true. Bad people, like hell, people are still buying R. Kelly records, right? The question is, do you think that he will lose his fan base? Because he, he, you're right, he built his fan base on being not not necessarily a gangster per se, but a member of this gang culture. And and, and it, it, does that affect, you know, will this affect his life in that way? Will his legacy in music be impacted? As always, man, uh, we just really, really appreciate you guys. Make sure you... You uh, follow the show. Make sure you follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and all that good stuff. Until next time, Richmond, we see you.